Corinthians 12 says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave, leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so, Lord, this morning we do not come to you pretending to be strong. We do not come to you pretending to understand, to have answers. But this morning we come and we boast in our weakness. We boast in our sufferings because when we boast in our weakness, it says that your strength, it comes to rest on us. And so this morning in our homes and in buildings and in churches, may we as the church not present ourselves as ones who have all the answers, but may we come to you acknowledging that we have nothing without you, that we come to you with much burden and weight, with confusion, with grief and sorrow that is just too much. And with that too much, we boast in it and say, would your power come and rest? Oh, how much we need your power and your mercy and your grace to rest on us this morning. This morning we pray for the universal church, its members and its mission. We pray for the church leaders around the world as believers face new and old challenges of persecution, isolation, sickness, homelessness. God, would you provide the leaders wisdom and clear action-oriented steps to engage each community around the world. In the uncertain times, would you provide a way to tangibly allow us to be on mission with you? Would our hearts be moved to pray for each other, our faiths encouraged by the faith of others? May the church be a place of restoration, safety, a refuge in the chaos. We specifically pray for the 12 Catholic nuns that have died due to COVID and the others that are suffering in their body. We pray for the Christians in Southeast Asia and Sudan that are being asked to convert or else the risking losing aid, medical aid and other um, valuable resources. God, would you come to them? Would you come to the believers around the world who are risking much to claim your name? Would you come? Would you extend your mercy and your grace? Would you comfort them? Would you burden our hearts for them? This morning, this afternoon, this evening, wherever they are, would they find themselves boasting in their weakness? We pray for the world and all those in it. We pray for the increased numbers of COVID and the continued division amongst people and governments. Would you provide resources necessary to combat the virus, but also necessary aid for the unstable governments where sickness is crippling the country? Would you be near to those suffering? Would you hold them near to your heart in the most obvious of ways? May your spirit rest on the weary and the brokenhearted. 
Would you provide aid for those facing eviction as economies continue to be impacted? We pray for the welfare of Smyrna and Cobb County. Would you make clear paths to resources for families suddenly left to manage paying bills, schooling their own children, working jobs, finding jobs? God, would you come and help us to peel back the desire of doing it on our own? And as a city and as a community, would we creatively seek new and healthy normals for us? God, would you provide safety to those who are not safe at home, provide food, for those who are relying on shelters and food pantries for their next meal? Would you provide the city government new creative ways to meet our people where they are at? On the verge of eviction, searching for a job, trying to sustain a job, continue to provide the Board of Educators wisdom and clarity give grace to parents and to teachers alike. We pray for the concerns of River City Church, our community, and all those who suffer in it. We pray for the cooks as they continue to grapple with this great amount of grief and losing Josh Cook. God, would you come and would your power and your love rest on them, rest on their house, rest on that property, that wherever they go, that they know they are near to you and that you are near to them. May we as a church love them well in the weeks and months to come. We pray for Ryan and Taylor as they begin um, this ordering their steps to to be moving, God, would you just prepare a way? Would you go before them? Would this transition be one that is smooth and full of peace and blessing for them? We pray for pots as we develop um, and press into what are the prayers specifically for our people in this season, God, would you direct our prayers? Would we partner with you that we would serve and love our body and each other well? And we pray for the leaders of River City Church. Would you give them supernatural wisdom to care for River City community? May we seek you for creative ways to partner with families and households. We pray for the body as we grow tired and weary of filtering through the noise all around us. God, would you help us to surrender the need to do it on our own? Give us the courage to press into community in the midst of grief and loss. Help us to carry our burdens and the burdens of others to the cross. And for all of our brothers and sisters, we praise your name. Amen. Good morning, River City. How are we doing this morning? I hope you're enjoying your morning so far. Here we are again in a pretty much empty space. Um, you're probably at home eating maybe a Pop-Tart, maybe a bowl of Fruit Loops, maybe some avocado toast, maybe some fancy eggs Benedict to each his or her own. That's fine. I hope you're enjoying your morning. Uh, I'm glad we're here this morning. Um, I'm glad the technology allows us to be here in this way, even though we would prefer to be together in this room. Um, right now, many things about life are challenging. Um, life is hard, right? A lot of us are feeling that, for many of us, for many different reasons. 
Things that would be incredibly difficult under normal circumstances seem all the more burdensome uh, while we've been cooped up in our homes for months and months. So let's just call it like we see it, right? Life is hard. Today's main text speaks directly into that reality, and I hope we can derive some comfort knowing that the burdens we feel for our many different reasons that we're feeling that have been felt by many believers for many centuries. Paul speaks into that in the passage we're going to read today in Romans 8. And the thing I like about what Paul does with this context of suffering is that he doesn't run from its reality, right? He, he names it. Intuitively, he seems to understand that we need to, to acknowledge this, that we need to label it. And he understands we have limited resources to battle it once we've labeled it. In one of the other lectionary passages for this week um, that we're not going to read, there's something that's just as timely, I think, for where we are today. The passage is in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 12, if you want to read it later today or this week. Um, But there we read the story of Solomon's dream in which the Lord comes to him and says, what should I give you, right? You may know this story. Um, You may have in your head what this story is about. Right? It's where Solomon gets his wisdom. We associate Solomon with wisdom, right? Or maybe we associate him with the common story now, right? Splitting the baby and the wisdom shown in that story. But I think there's more to it than that. First, we see a humility in Solomon. He admits he isn't prepared to lead his, this people, right? To unify the kingdoms of Judah and Israel. He says, I'm only a little child. Right? And it's out of this humble posture that he asks the Lord for an understanding mind. Now, the Hebrew there translates listening heart. Right? So he asks the Lord for a listening heart. He intuitively understands that if he's going to be able to lead this people, he has to have a listening heart because he doesn't know how to lead an army. Right? Or we could say he doesn't know what to do in this situation. And we find ourselves in a very similar spot often when we're trying to support someone who's going through some level of suffering, right? Who is dealing with a loss, who's grieving, who's frustrated with their circumstances that are beyond their control. We don't know what to do. Like Solomon, we have to enter into that situation with some humility, right? Knowing that we aren't prepared for this situation. We don't know what to do, and we don't know what to say. And that's fine. What we need in those moments is a listening heart. Just listen. Just be there. Just sit with them. Ask the Spirit to give you a listening heart. Okay, but we're not reading that passage today, right? But I think it's important in light of what we're going to read today in Romans 8. So let's read Romans 8, verses 26 to 39. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the very Spirit intercedes for us with groanings or sighs too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God makes all things work together for good with those who love him according to his purpose." For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. 
And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we were more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the depth of your love, the breadth of your presence. Lord, we, we are going through all manner of things at the moment. People in our lives, the world around us as we hear in prayers of the people, there is so much going on in the midst of where we are with COVID, with a school system that's trying to figure out how to do school in the fall, and any number of other things, Lord. Be with us. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to walk with us through anything and everything that we're facing. Amen. Okay, so a number of people uh, in our body have been through a lot in the last couple of weeks. Some of them have shared publicly what those things are, and some of those things I have the privilege of knowing as a staff member here at the church. But they're in the middle of something emotionally draining in the middle of an isolating pandemic, right, where access to friends and community looks very different than it did six months ago, a year ago. And on some level, we're all dealing with emotional upset in the current environment that we find ourselves. So what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to handle ourselves? Well, some would say we should pray more, right? Trust God, have faith. Those platitudes don't land well. Think back to moments when you've been going through something tough and that's what you got. Did it make it all better? No, of course not. And don't hear me say we shouldn't be praying during hard times because that's not what I'm saying. We strive to be a praying people. Whether things feel terrible or we're on cloud nine, right? All that talk we do around here about spiritual practices, right? Sabbath, prayer, solitude, scripture. All of those things we try to explain and we challenge you to try. These are moments when those resources and a familiarity with those resources can really come through. Because as Paul writes, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we don't have the words to say, the Spirit intercedes for us, groans for us in our desperation and our despair, our confusion, 
We can be quick to turn inward, right, and try to figure it out. But we don't have the means to understand. We need something or someone beyond ourselves to walk with us through that. This is the spirit that intercedes on our behalf. That sighs too deep for words. The spirit knows where we are. The spirit also understands where this story ends, knows the good that God is making. Now, the suffering we experience is not good, right? It's not something given to us by God. That's a common misreading of Scripture. What Paul is trying to explain here is that despite the suffering all around us and in our own lives, Jesus came to conquer sin, to conquer suffering, to conquer death. Through his resurrection, those things are conquered. Be patient with yourself as you get there. It's not healthy or helpful to demand of yourself or to demand of somebody else going through something to get there. Right? That's no better than offering one of those nice platitudes like, have faith, trust God. And yet, that is the hope that we have. The person, Jesus, came and lived and dwelled among us. The person of Jesus was crucified. And in one of those paradoxes Josh talked about a couple weeks ago, Jesus the divine rose from the dead. We are co-heirs with Jesus of that same transforming power. That transforming power will see us through the suffering that we may be experiencing in this moment. Now, this suffering isn't leading us somewhere. God is leading us somewhere into the life of new creation. Nothing can stand against us in the end. It is with that assurance that we can pray or we can groan or we can sigh without words because we know the Spirit is interceding on our behalf. In that way, we are predestined in the way Paul is describing and not in the way that word is represented sometimes. This is not a step-by-step description of our individual salvation. That's a description of how Emmanuel walks with us through the journey of faith and life. I really like the way the message captures these two verses, 29 and 30. I want to read that. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had begun. Gloriously completing what he had begun. That reminds me of the parable of the wheat and the weeds, right? God can do a lot in a lifetime. His wheat will be harvested in time, gloriously completing what he had begun. He starts with that identity piece of calling us by name, setting us on a solid basis with him, right? What the ESV calls justified. Then he stays with us to the end. And that is hope we can lean into in the times of suffering, of struggle, when we feel overwhelmed. We are not walking through suffering alone. And that feeling isn't a reflection of the reality of the glorious completion to come. Right? In the middle of the feeling, in the middle of the suffering, we can get lost in our minds, in our anxieties, in our despair, 
about the situation, and we can find ourselves in a spot wondering, where do we stand? Did I do something to bring this on? Has God abandoned me? Am I not just suffering, but am I lost? Paul answers that emphatically. No. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing. So, life is hard. There's no denying that. Right now, it may feel especially hard for you. You may not see an end to the pain. You may feel numb because of the waves of grief, grief that come without warning. That's part of the human condition. Jesus knows that. Jesus lived that in his humanity. You were not alone in that. And Jesus overcame that. Jesus conquered that. And as Christ followers, as sons and daughters of God, as those called by name, we are co-heirs with Christ in his suffering and in his glory. Paul talks about that earlier in chapter 8, if you want to go find that. So, if God is for us, who can be against us? Right? Paul asked that question. It may feel that people or systems or circumstances are against you. But God is for you. He justifies. He intercedes on your behalf. That feeling of separation you may feel is a lie. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Not hardship, not distress, not persecution, not famine, not nakedness, not peril, not war, not death. Not life, not angels, not rulers, not current affairs, not future events, not the powers that be, not COVID, not a job furlough, not the loss of a loved one, not systemic racism, not anxiety, not depression, not grief. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Before we go, I want to read the Romans 8 passage that we read earlier, but I want to read it from uh, Eugene Peterson's interpretation of Scripture in the message. I think the language he uses to capture the heart of the gospel that Paul is presenting here can be a bomb for us in this season. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how, to, how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands firm in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end gloriously completing what he had begun. So, what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God 
by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Let's pray. Lord, I just lift up the folks in our body and, and our community, our neighborhoods, who are dealing with something really heavy. It feels weighty. It feels burdensome. And we can get caught up in our minds, in our anxieties, worrying about what to do, what to say, how to handle it. But we're limited in being able to understand what's going on, what's happened, what's our role in it. Where does it end? Thankfully today, Lord, your presence with us is real and tangible. I pray it would be tangible to all those who are suffering right now. Make your presence known in a special way. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for the depth and breadth of your love. I thank you that you love us so much that you're willing to walk with us through every step of our lives, every twist, every turn, every high, every low. to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We love you guys. Have a great week. Take care.
Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.